0: At this time, it's my honor and privilege to turn this service over to Dr. Dale Kennedy. You will be speaking to us about knowing God in heaven. Come right on.
1: Hallelujah. The title of the message and I guess the end of our series, Knowing God, the Builder of Heaven. How many of you know there are many aspects to God? All you have to do is do a word study on just the names of God. It will blow your mind. On the attributes of God. We really don't know God's name. We know the attributes of God. And so today we're going to try and understand God as the builder of this place called heaven that I think most of us are looking forward to going. Now, it might be like the my my uh, dad told me a story one time that um, there was a fellow who had been uh, severely inebriated sitting in the back of a gospel mission in downtown Dallas, and the preacher was preaching a, a fiery message and said, you know, get saved and go to heaven. You don't want to die and go to hell. Get saved. He's very passionate about it. And it seemed like the whole room came forward except this one guy way in the back. Wave your hand. I'm using you for an example. Okay. (laughs) My friend Jerry. And this guy in the back just sat there. And everybody else came forward. Everybody got saved. Finally, the preacher Walked back to the back and he said to this fella, he said, man, don't you want to go to heaven? Yeah, he said, but I thought you were taking up a busload to go right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, can I tell you, I want to go to heaven. I'm going to heaven whether you like it or not. You know, that's the problem in praying for your relatives. <laughs> is some of them you just don't like. And I have to kind of pray through and say, okay, God, I know, I know. There are people didn't want me to go to heaven, but they prayed for me anyway. <sighs> I'll save aunt so-and-so, please. Thank you, God. But when I get right with God, then it is my anxious desire that they come to the Lord. Because they're not coming to heaven for me. They're coming for the Lord. My grandfather said, when you get to heaven, son, there will be three surprises. One is, who got to come to heaven? Two is, who didn't make it? And three is, you made it. <laughs> so heaven is a glorious place. And what I found out, the reason I wrote this little book on what what is heaven really like, is uh, it, it actually comes out of a series I was preaching On heaven, and I got so much stuff in the margin of my notes that I said, I just, I've got to turn this into a book. And what I found is, after all my study and the book on heaven and all that, I don't know hardly anything about heaven. So if you came here this morning expecting to find out everything heaven is, man, I can't help you. Now, here's why. If you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we'll turn together, there we go, page 1267 if you have the correct Bible, I can't help myself, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 says this, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. It is beyond awesome. By the way, I think that's a word we ought to just reserve for God. Nobody is awesome. But God is awesome. Amen? I have had in my life two glimpses God gave me of heaven. Two glimpses God gave me of heaven. And if it's okay, I'd like to share those with you. What I can tell you is that I perceived a space in time that was just like that. But it seemed a lot longer. The reason is God doesn't live in time. My grandmother was a very... She was a pious lady. She was a Christian. She loved God with all her heart. She was a Baptist lady, watch this, who did not believe you ought to cut your hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would go to visit, and I would just sort of look in the bedroom at night when she would comb her hair. And it was down to right, below her, right behind her knee. And she would just comb it and comb it, and comb it. It would take over an hour to comb her hair. It was incredible. She was also prophetic. The day that I was born in California, she was in Ripley, Tennessee, and prophesied, that boy will be a preacher. And my dad said he just rebuked Satan right there for saying that. That was the last thing he wanted for his son. But you know what? That's what grandma wanted. And the Bible says that if we pray and we pray fervently, that God will give us the desires of our heart. I have a first cousin. His name's Roger. He's a preacher up in, in, uh, where's Roger from? Uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Some of you have met him. Goofy, goofy guy, which is why I like him. He's a little older than I am and his mother said the day that he was born my grandmother said the same thing about him. That boy will be a preacher. Well, all these years later Roger is still preaching and I'm still going. I was preaching at Roger's church uh, just outside St. Louis, Missouri and God doesn't often give me a vision. I, I'm not a... It just doesn't happen to me. But this time it happened. I wasn't thinking about it or anything else. And it was at Rogers Church, and I was preaching a a revival there. And I went around, I turned, and I put, just as I put my first foot on the first step, God gave me this vision. And it was my grandmother. And she was looking over the edge of heaven. Clapped their hands and went dancing off across the room like a Pentecostal. <laughs> the second happened just a few years ago, and it's what it's just downright spooky. I'm a teenager, as you understand spooky, right? Check this out God gave me a vision of my Father in heaven. The room didn't have lamps or fireplaces or lights or anything like that. But it was brightly, as bright as I've ever seen in a room. And there was literally no lamps, no lights. And my father was sitting on a white couch. And there was a young boy beside him, a blonde boy. Looked kind of like Noah. And my father was just, just sort of had his hand on the, Sofa, and he was playing with his hair. You know, sometimes how uncles or grandpas or daddies will do and just, yeah, play with the kid's hair. And the boy looked like Noah. Uh, Noah, raise your hand, son. This is number one, son. I like your suit, son. That's sharp. Yeah. <laughs> but Dad was playing with this little boy's hair, who looked like he's probably about 10 years old. And he kind of favored Noah. And I thought, Lord. Are you trying to tell me you're going to take my son? And he said, no. And the vision went away. And I thought, that's so weird. It was spooky. Here's the spooky part. Several years later, I was at Rogers Church. And we were going through some old photos. And there was a picture of a blonde boy about 10 years old. I said, Roger, who is that boy? He said, That's my brother Donald who died when he was 10 years old. That's spooky, huh? Heaven. We just, you know, we don't, there's so many cool stories about heaven. You're, uh, our pastor and I were sharing the other day about some stories of, about heaven, some stuff that a, a guy had said. It just It's beyond what we can imagine. Amen? It is the final resting place of the saints. Did you know that someday we'll get to rest a little bit? I said a little bit because we're going back to work. I, mean, I like what Jesse Duplantis said about the, the marriage supper of the Lamb. When we go to eat that supper, it's going to be so good it takes seven years just to eat it. And then we got to go back to work. And those things will go over in, in the class. But it is, it, it's a, a resting place for the saints. Jesus said, Store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. There is a safe deposit of our treasure in heaven. Our treasure in heaven is not people. our Or or is people. Our treasure in heaven is not things. Our inheritance, Jesus said, our inheritance, no matter what all the name it and claim it guys want to tell you, our inheritance is the lost people of this world. If that's our inheritance, we need... God doesn't want those people to stay lost. Amen? Our job while we're here is not to to, you know, mass great wealth, but to do great things for God. Young people, you don't have to wait till you're 30 years old to do great things for God. When that boy right there, that man was a boy, nine years old, in a meeting in Brownwood, Texas, a little boy who was about the same age got up during the invitation time. And he came forward. Nine years old. And I said, son, what can we do for you? There, was, uh, there were people all over the place. I said, what can we do for you? He said, death, death. He was deaf. I looked at Noah. He was nine years old. I said, Noah, do you believe God heals? He looked at me like I was stupid. He said, well, of course. I said, then, son, would you pray for this little boy? He's deaf. Yes, daddy. And he began to pray. He laid his hands on the little boy. And he was so cool. He was just like his nine years old, about this tall. And he's just praying and he's just praying for this kid and just interceding for him that God would heal him. And I went off doing whatever I was doing, praying for other people. In a little bit, I looked back, that boy's laying out right there on the ground. Out cold. His parents said, what do we do? I said, leave him alone. God is doing something. When he got up, he began to shout. He could hear for the first time. Because of the faith, not of the preacher, but of a little nine-year-old boy. That's the deposit of inheritance into the kingdom. Our final resting place. The Bible tells us that, that we are looking forward. Hebrews 11.10 says, For he was looking forward, Abraham, to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder was God. John wrote in Revelation 7, 9, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. The redeemed, God God wants every nation, every person in every nation redeemed. That's why we can't hate anybody. Hate is sin. I don't like a lot of stuff that's going on in the world, but I am not going to hate people. I hate what they do, but I'm not going to hate people because they are our inheritance. I just received the blessing. My wife took some money and put it in my pocket just a minute ago. I don't know what it is, but I know it's green and it folds. You think I'm going to throw that out there on the floor and leave it? No way! It went in my pocket, Fred, and that is where it's going to stay. Hallelujah. Bless God. The first thing, the first point, if you're taking notes, is the builder of heaven is real. Heaven is not a fairy tale. Heaven is real. Heaven is more real than where you sit right this minute. Because we're going to see in a minute that heaven is eternal. But the builder of heaven is real. If you look at John chapter 14, we're going to look at uh, verse, well, verse 1 to 6. John 14. Boy, the sound guys are good. They're faster than I am. I don't have enough RAM. That's my problem is my RAM is full. Yeah. John chapter 14, verse 1. Don't let your hearts be troubled. This is my daughter-in-law verse. Trust in God. (laughs) I have such fun with my daughter-in-laws. My favorite is Courtney. Well, they're both named Courtney. (laughs) But since our relationship began... So many years ago, when issues come up, when problems come up, I, I always have the same advice. Isn't that right, daughter? <laughs> yes. My advice is always this. Trust God. Well, yeah, but don't you think I... No! Trust God. Yeah, but my husband is an idiot. Don't, no, no, no. Trust God. They say that to my wife. You know what she says? Mine too. (laughs) I spent many years as an idiot. My father-in-law used to invite us over to eat. Not that he thought we needed to eat, but that he had some things he wanted to share with me about how I was treating his daughter. And we go and eat and then he go, Let's go out in the backyard. And we'd go out in the backyard, and he would just, I mean, man, he would get after me. And if you knew the old colonel, you'd know what that was. And then I'd have to repent, and I hated that even worse. And I'd say, okay, i said, okay, I won't do that anymore. He'd just kind of pat me on the back and go, okay, that's forgotten. And he never, ever brought it up again. But my wife knows about stupid husbands, so she can, you know, she can help. I was being stupid one time and just kind of running from God, not doing what I was supposed to be doing. And unbeknownst to me, well, the, the, unbeknownst to me, my wife and my mother-in-law went to see her pastor. And evidently he told her, if you love your husband, all you can do is pray for him. All you can do is trust God. And I'm still a mess, but I'm no longer stupid. Amen? <laughs> Honey, say amen, please. Okay. <laughs> in my father's house there are many rooms. King James and some others say, in my father's house is translated are many mansions. Can I tell you, we won't care. Whether it's a mansion or it's a one-room house, we will not care. Because we will be with Jesus. Amen? Jesus said, I I would have, if this weren't so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Did you hear that? He is coming back to get us. I don't care what some modern day theologians tell you. He is coming to get us. The Bible says that we will see him in the air and just like that, we will go to him faster than Superman goes to Krypton. That we will go and meet him in the air. How cool is that? Why would you want to miss that? But if Christ is not your Savior today, you can't go there. The builder of heaven is real. Heaven is eternal because the builder of heaven is eternal. Jesus said, you know the way to the place where I am going. And our friend Thomas said, Man, I don't know where you're going. I'm not sure he was doubting Thomas as much as he was not paying attention, Thomas. Jesus answered, I am the way. Notice he did not say, I am a way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You cannot go to heaven unless you have accepted Christ as your personal Savior. Going to church with grandma won't do it. Being a good person won't do it. Bowing down to the east and praying 14 times a day won't do it. Being a member of every Christian organization won't. Won't do it. Jesus said, I am the way. No man comes to the Father but by me. The builder of heaven is real. Second, the builder of heaven is the ruler of heaven. If you go to Hebrews uh, chapter 11, it's over on the right-hand side. There we go. Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse, uh, verse 10 says this. And he's, he's talking about uh, about Abraham and his faith. For he was looking forward to the city whose foundation, whose architect and builder is God. In other words, if it's there, God built it. Jesus said it's there. Now, I don't know about you. But I'm willing to take what he says as fact. Amen? If you're not, you need to come during the invitation and we can help you. Amen? Listen, God is the builder and of his perfect heaven. He will be praised eternally. And he is the ruler and no one is going to take that away. John chapter 1 says this. We all know the verse. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. What? And the Word was God. Well, I just don't like that. So what? Man, I read stuff all the time. I'll be in Bible study, studying for a sermon or something like that, and I'll lay my Bible down and say to my wife, you know, I don't like that verse. And then she reminds me, doesn't matter. My job is not to like it. My job is to follow it. Amen? So the builder is the ruler. Verse three says, "Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made." So who made heaven? Jesus, God the Son, made heaven. Says so right there. Says everything that was made. Isn't that what it says? Well, I just wonder if y'all are still alive, man? They amen, like Presbyterians. <laughs> if. If, if the Bible says it, that's true. Period. Amen? I mean, if you want to get messed up, hang around theologians. That's, what, that's a terrible thing at seminary. I mean, you hang around those guys and they'll mess you up like they're messed up. And finally, one day, all, we had moved and all our stuff was in storage and I didn't have anything other than my Bible. And I sat down with my Bible and God began to teach me and show me that his word verifies his word. And if his word says that the, the, that Jesus made it, Jesus made it. Amen? I, I don't need to strategize. I don't need to theologize. All I need to do is stand up here and read you what the scripture says. Amen? Because remember, I used to be stupid. But God never was. Amen? So the ruler, the builder is the ruler. Number three, the builder has a requirement. The builder has a requirement. If you turn a couple of pages over to John chapter 3 and we look at verse 5, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, no one. Who? Well, what does no one mean? That means no one. See what you can learn going to eight years of seminary. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. And then we get down to verse 16, and it tells us, God loved the world so much that he sent his Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have what? Everlasting life, which means what? He shall have heaven. He will live in heaven. The builder has a requirement. Listen, if you don't accept Christ as the only road to heaven, all your roads will lead to hell. It doesn't matter how many times Oprah comes up with something to tell you doesn't matter how many times some big mega church preacher says it ain't true it's true when this when when God is done with this world and we all go to that glorious day in heaven you don't get another chance listen I got saved because i didn't want to go to hell I didn't know about all the rest of this stuff but i didn't want to go to hell well, who in his right who in that Any kind of mind would want to go to hell. That's crazy. But God, the builder, has a requirement. And the requirement is, Jesus just said, you must be born again. You must be born again. Amen? There are divine requirements for entering heaven. One is that you must have an inward righteousness. Now, notice I did not say self-righteous. That's when we all get tripped up and get in trouble, is when we play the self-righteous. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So see, just keeping the law can't get you there. It can't get you there. Oh, it'll get you accolades from people who say, Look, what a wonderful saint she is. What a wonderful man of God he is. But the problem is, if you do not have the requirement met, you cannot enter. Matthew eighteen three. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. That's code for eight. Listen up. I tell you the truth. Unless you change. Everybody say change. Change and become like little children. You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. God is not interested in our degrees. In our accomplishments. He wants one thing. He wants us to want to sit at his feet. I have a new grandson. He's a year old. And my, one of my granddaughters is five. She's here today. She's in the back. And what I find interesting is when they come to Pop's house. And I know that you, those of you that are grandparents, probably the same exact thing happens. When they come to the Father's house, they seek the father. the first thing my granddaughter will say where's pops my little grandson who's just a year old he just he just started to walk here recently so i'm teaching him all kinds of cool stuff like how to open cabinets and all that sort of stuff oh his mother's just like oh why did we bring the kid with us but he's just a year old and when they when they come they open the front door and set him down and you know what he does He just starts on his little walk. He's looking for pops. Now, he knows if he comes on Saturday to see me, I'm going to be back in my bedroom watching a western on TV. And he loves westerns and southern gospel music. Yeah, that's his favorite. Yeah, amen, brother. But he goes looking for his pops. He goes looking for the grandfather, the father of the house. Why? Because he knows he's welcome there. Because she knows she's welcome there. There's safety there. There's comfort there. There's love there. There is a requirement by the builder to enter heaven. You must be born again. Next, there the builder has a role. There is a role. When the roll is called up yonder. I'll be there. We used to sing. We don't sing that anymore. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. Why do we quit singing good songs? Can I just prophesy for a minute here? God loves southern gospel music. Yeah, I say, Lord, how'd you like that song? Man, he said it's good. Yeah. Oh, well, I better stay out of there. <laughs> but. The builder has a role. Look in Revelation chapter 20, verse, uh, verse 12. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. Watch this. And books were opened. Books, plural, were opened. Another book, singular, was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. We are judged according to who we are in Christ. When I was about a month old, they had a, they, my folks went somewhere and got a picture taken of me. I just saw a little guy about this, you know, about nine pounds and, and, and laying on a blanket, kind of propped up a little bit. And it's just a little picture about like that. And my father trimmed it down in 1952 and stuck it in his wallet. And he carried that picture of me his entire life. When he passed away, I told my stepmother, Can I have that picture? That's how he saw me. I, I, one time I, w- I was praying, I said, God, I don't want to miss heaven. I don't want to know if there's something I'm supposed to do, i got to do that I haven't done. I don't want to miss heaven. And I got one of those little quickie visions. And God the Father said to Jesus, How's Dale Kennedy? How's he doing? And Jesus reached into his robe, pulled out a picture of himself, and said, Here he is. See, that's who we are with God. The Father loves us as much as he loves his own son. Because we are His sons and daughters. Amen? But we have to do more than know that. We have to accept Christ. There is a role. James Black in 1893 wrote this. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal, bright and fair. When the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. On that bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ shall rise and the glory of His resurrection share, when His chosen ones shall gather to their homes beyond the skies, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Let us labor for the master from the dawn till setting sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done and the role is called up yonder, I'll be there. The builder has a robe, a robe of perfection and beauty beyond anything compared to give to his bride which is us. a robe that is so perfect in its beauty that it reflects the light of the bridegroom. See, in heaven there's no need for light bulbs. The Bible says because the, the glory that emanates off of God the Son lights the entire place. Now, folks, that entire city of heaven is fifteen hundred miles wide. That's that's as far as from here to San Diego. It's fifteen hundred miles tall and fifteen hundred miles deep. And just the the light of the glory of God, the Bible says, lights the whole place up like it was noonday. That's our God. There is a robe. Revelation 19 says this in, in verse, uh, verse 7. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come. And his bride was made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, and given her to wear. Notice that the bride doesn't have to go and get her own gown. But the groom... Provides it. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if I had suggested to the blonde, let me go pick out your uh, wedding dress, she would have run over me with my car. But in heaven, the bridegroom has already picked out the dress with the train that emanates, that reflects the glory of God. That just ought to make somebody happy. Amen. There is a robe, a robe of righteousness. Psalm 132, 16 says this. I will clothe her priests with salvation and her saints will ever sing for joy. Isaiah put it this way. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. The builder has a robe. And then number six, the builder has a reservation. The builder has a re- Do you know God knows when you're going to heaven? Man, I miss it every time. Somebody gets sick and the doctor says they're going to die and I'll think, well, you know, it could be today and they might live six more months. But God is never surprised when somebody dies. Have you ever thought about that? God's never surprised. My father-in-law went to be with the Lord. I I was shocked. I didn't know what to do. But, you know, God was not surprised. God had a, a room all for himself, where he could go and wait for us. The builder has a reservation. If you look at First Peter, chapter, chapter 1, verse 3, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Watch this, verse 4. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. Your inheritance is already there. It's already there. It's set aside for you, the scripture says. It's protected by God Himself. No one can steal it. No one can take it away. Doesn't matter what you've done, your place in heaven is not going to be taken away. But first, you have to have a reservation. Amen? And then, lastly, number seven, the builder. Has a reward. The builder has a reward. The last chapter of the Bible, in verse 12 of of chapter 22 of the Revelation, Jesus says, Behold, I am coming quickly. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Jesus says, Listen, I'm everything. Everything. And that's not pride. Remember that old western with Walter Brennan? The guy was a real fast gunfighter and he said, if you're fast, no brag, just fact. It's not a brag on God's part. It's fact. It is all his. He made it all. Verse 14, Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. The builder has a reward. Listen, if, if we keep our head in heaven, we won't trip up on this earth. Amen? Heaven is such an incredible thing that we're going to take the next six Wednesday nights just talking about heaven. And um, there our pastor said there are some books back there that we're going to use as a textbook for the class. And uh, Blondie is headed that way, and she can help you. Um, Listen, don't miss the class just because you can't afford a book. If you can't afford a book, you just tell her, and she'll give you one, okay? God didn't call me to sell books. He called me to preach. Amen? So, blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life. Dottie Rambo wrote this. There was a light in the window and the table set in splendor. Someone standing by the open door. I can see a crystal river. Oh, I must be near forever. And I've never been this homesick before. See the bright light shine. It's just about home time. I can see my father standing at the door. This world has been a wilderness. I'm headed for deliverance. Lord, I've never been this homesick before. I can see the family gather sweet faces. They're all familiar. But no one's old or feeble anymore. Oh, this lonesome heart is crying. Think I'll spread my wings for flying. Lord, I've never felt this homesick before. When I study heaven, I get to a place to where I could just go ahead and go home. Now, I it, it would upset my wife, so I don't want to do it. I don't want to stick around. But I get so excited when I read these verses. I'm I'm like the old guy sitting in the back of the, you know, but I'm ready to go on this ride. The question this morning is, are you ready to go? The question, this whole thing about how wonderful heaven is, how beautiful heaven is, is for one reason, to ask this question of yourself, do you have a reservation or have you just been fooling people? See, because you can fool people, but you can't fool God. And God knows who's coming and who's not. And just because you get there and say, well, if I had just had one more day, I would have accepted your son as my Savior. You're out of luck. There's no second gathering. There's a theology that floats around in Granbury every three or four years. Theologians call it divine wreck. They call it divine reckoning. And their theology is that at the end of time, God is going to repent and say, no, I just love everybody so much, I'm going to let everybody in. Folks, if you've heard that, get rid of it. It's a lie. It is a lie. It will keep you from heaven. It's a lie. So would you right now, just right where you are, just I want you to bow your head. Just close your eyes. We're not going to take a lot of time. I'm not going to run up and down the aisles and grab you and drag you forward. That happened to me one time. nearly scared me to death. Man, they were on one side, a lady was praying, saying, hang on. On the other side, a lady was praying for me, saying, let go. I was so confused. I said, God, if you get me out of here, I promise I'll go back to church. But every head's bowed and every eye's closed. Now, pay attention for just a moment. Can you say... There's no doubt in my heart. There's no doubt in my life that I know where I'm going. That when I die, which by the way could be right now, when I die, I am going to heaven. I hope most of us can say that. I want to tell you that if you can't say that, if you'll give us just a couple of minutes We can show you how you can say that and it'll be the truth. Amen, Pastor? Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. I'm done with this. Are you the one this morning that God had me prepare this message for? Are you the one that really doesn't know Jesus as your personal Savior? That you may know about Jesus. You may come to church or Sunday school. But you don't have that divine relationship with him. You fooled your friends. They all think you're fine. But let me tell you something. When it comes to standing in line in heaven. You don't want to be in that line where you get judged for everything you did. You want to be in the line with the saints. With the bride. Is there anybody here this morning that would say, you know what? I just, I can't fake it anymore. I've got to have Christ and have a personal relationship with Him. If that's you, just right where you are, just slip your hand up. I'd just like to pray for you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Father. I pray this morning, I thank you, Father, for the honesty of this young woman who's raised her hand to say, you know what, I really am not sure I need some help. I, I, people think I know Jesus, but it's just, I just want to be known by people. But, Father, we know that your desire is for a deep personal relationship with each of us. So, Father, this morning, grant that to the sweet young woman. Give her the knowledge that Christ is hers and she is his and heaven is her eternal home. And we will give you the glory in Jesus' name.
0: Thank you so much, Dell. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Recently, the last few weeks, we've had services here celebrating the lives of three different people that had reservations that, when they made it, they weren't told, oh, sorry, um, your reservation was canceled. The day Yvette and I got married in in the church, we went on our honeymoon and we arrived at the hotel and they had no reservation for us. We were scheduled to go somewhere for a week the day after, but this was the wedding night, and they had no reservation for us. So we thought, well, at least no one will know where we are, so they can't prank us. We caught a cab to a nicer hotel and got one. Maybe you've had a reservation in hell, but let me tell you, there's a better hotel for you. Amen. Can we stand? May the Lord God Almighty bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. The peace that comes from knowing your eternal destiny. This world is not your home. You're just passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Go get them, you citizens of heaven. Amen.